Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. A lot of people think you need a car to enjoy SiriusXM, but you don't. You can listen outside the car. Right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for free. Just go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. You can listen on your phone, at home, and online. That's SiriusXM.com slash busted. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about In Your House last night. That's right, In Your House NXT TakeOver, especially that main event between Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, and now your former NXT Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair. We also get into In Your House with our very special guest today, and that is Ron Funches. Again, the great comedian and somebody who's been a very good friend to our show. We talk to him. You don't want to miss it. It's definitely a must-listen right here on today's edition of the Busted Open Podcast. Let's get into In Your House, Bully, from last night. Um, overall, I thought a very good showing once again for an NXT takeover. I enjoyed the show. I was entertained by the show. Yes. From beginning to end, I really did like it. Um, even the little things like the commercials, you know, like promotional consideration paid for by the following. Yeah. And then they did, you know, the, uh, the ice cream bars and, you know, it felt like an in your house from back in the day. And then Pettengill giving out the 900 number, very, very funny, very entertaining. I enjoyed DX in the background, not knowing how to use the computer. Um, good matches, great effort from everybody. Uh, yes. from, from top to bottom, <clears throat> the effort was there. Hard hitting, good. But there were some problems last night and problems that, to me, were glaring and problems that I'm not quite so sure how the 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 higher ups down at NXT are not putting under a microscope this morning and talking with the talent about well it's interesting you said that bully because you know the argument when it comes to NXT is NXT a developmental group you know is it part of the main roster i think as time is going by NXT is a standalone show it's our favorite show when it comes to the WWE but there is that divide from NXT Raw and SmackDown so to me it's still a bit of a developmental group so when you say that there's probably some concerns coming off of that show, last night and probably some things to learn before a lot of these wrestlers move over to Raw and SmackDown. I'm interested what you have to say about that. I got to tell you, the guys and gals out in NXT have the, uh, they're lucky because they have minds like Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Road Dog down there as agents to help put their matches together. And those guys are smart enough to lay off of the talent, let them go out there and do what they need to do, let the talent be talented, so to speak. But there's a lot of psychological problems within the match of the storytelling and some of the moves and the referees that are going on that I say to myself, man, I can't believe they let them get away with this. Because to me, it does take away from the match a little bit it looks like wrestling across the board is just taking rules and referees and basically just saying you're inconsequential you don't matter we're throwing you out the door and only when we absolutely need you to mean something that's when you will mean something and i'm not uh, the only reason i'm talking about this today is because it's been very evident with AEW, and now last night on NXT with a lot of the same mistakes being made when it comes to the rules, 
when it comes to referees. And when it comes to sticking to the rules, this is where I hold the WWE to a higher standard because they've always been a company that made more attempts than anybody else to stick to the rules and keep the credibility on the ref, especially on like Raw or SmackDown. They, they really, really do. But then sometimes I see things that just got me scratching my head. And I, despite last night being a very entertaining show with a great effort put forth by all, there were things within the rules and there were things that the referees did that once again, I'm sorry, just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and we're going to dive into each and every match, Bully, but you have done a fantastic job, in my opinion, of bringing attention to what you're just saying. You see it on social media, and you see the complaints on social media, but you have done a really good job you know, breaking it down and giving us the hows, the wheres, and the whys, especially when it comes to the officiating. So it's on my mind, Bully, especially now when I watch NXT and AEW, and you know the Keith Lee Gargan match for an example where the referee is as you always say why is the referee at referees outside the ring trying to get them back in the ring well a good way to get your wrestlers back into the ring is be in the ring counting because when you hear that count and it's getting closer to 10 then that's the cue I got to get the hell back in the ring so being outside the ring and and telling the uh, the wrestlers hey come on let's get it back in the ring let's get it back in the ring there's no better way to do that then be in the ring doing your job and that's counting to 10 it's getting entirely too out of hand and i have not just started to preach this i've been preaching this since day one on this show i've been preaching this since okada and omega decided to stay on the floor for two and a half minutes after the the table bump why is the referee on the floor during a world heavyweight championship match in the tokyo dome why is the referee not counting when they have the benefit of a 20 count why are referees on the floor checking on wrestlers when their job is to count double disqualifications Countouts, things like that are legitimate finishes in the world of professional wrestling. And it's the referee's job to do these things. It's also the wrestler's jobs to work within the confines of rules. I'm not telling these wrestlers not to go out there and do your dives or do your spots to the floor or whatever. You want to work on the floor? That's fine. Does it work within the psychology of the match? Yes, good. Go and do it. No problem with it. But please, let's keep the referee in mind. Last night, once again, when the two legal guys in the world championship match, when Gargano and Keith Lee are on the floor, why does the referee have to be out there? Well, some people are going to say, well, Bubba, the referee is checking on the well-being of the wrestlers. You don't need that anymore. We know that there's 9,000 medical staff in attendance at NXT, Raw, or SmackDown at any given moment. Let's have a dedicated doctor at ringside so when wrestlers do do a bump to the floor or a dive to the floor or some crazy, you know, uh, spot on the floor getting, you know, pounced through the glass or, you know, whatever they did, Keith Lee and Gargano did last night have a doctor check on them, and the doctor says, are you okay? Are you okay? If they both say yes, now the doctor gives the high sign to the ref. Now the ref can count. Now we're like, oh, wow, we might get a count out over here. Now the wrestlers have to work within the rules and the psychology of the match. Somebody's got to get back in the ring. Listen, Keith Lee could have pounced Gargano right through the boards last night, right through that plexiglass, and went, picked him up, put him on the shoulders, threw him back in the ring, and they could have got a false finish out of it. They didn't need to hang out on the floor all that time. It doesn't mean anything. And this is where I would hope wrestlers get out of the ECW mentality. The ECW mentality worked back in the day because the whole company was based on loose officiating. It was across the board. It's as if the rules were, we're going to have loose officiating, thus everything was loose officiating. It's not the way it is in NXT and the WWE. You, there's credibilities on the ref. Hell, on the main roster, if a ref, if you don't break a, a hold before the five count, the referee will shoot DQ you. And then when you get to the back, you'll have to answer the vents. 
you get my point here, Dave, right? Because I think you're on the same page with me. Well, I mean, especially with NXT, uh, you know, fair or unfairly, I look at NXT, I put it on a different plane than a lot of other shows. Why? Because we say it's the pro wrestling show. Probably more than any other show that we watch, what they do in the ring means more. So when it comes to the quote-unquote pro wrestling show, I'm expecting more of that old-school mentality where everything means something. The story the psychology of the match and the officiating in a match. And I think it's important to do. And again, you know, there are ways around it. Bully, you just said it. You know, Keith Lee retained his North American championship last night. Whether he did it by pinning Gargano in the middle of the ring or Gargano being, you know, counted out, what's the difference? He's still the champion. Like you said, if you wanted it to be a false finish, then Keith Lee could have picked Gargano up after, you know, throwing him through the pexiglass, you know, put him in the ring, and then you had your false finish or the end of the match. There's ways around it. But again, the the referee should not just be a prop. I feel like right now that the referees across the board in pro wrestling is just a prop, and it should not be that way. Last night, there was one match where the referee should have been the prop, and the referee was the prop, and it worked. Uh, I'm guessing that must be the Velveteen Dream Adam Cole match. Absolutely. The back lot, back lot brawl. Because the referee started the match by basically saying, guys, Triple H told me that I'm here just to declare a winner, and it has to happen in the middle of the ring. Basically, I'm inconsequential, and I don't matter. Boom! Right yep. there. They, that's page one of the story. The referee is telling me, I don't matter. I'm just here to count a three or to see if somebody submits and raise the winner's hands. No rules, no regulations. The rules are there ain't no rules. We're racing for pinks. It's down to the end of the bridge and back. That that worked for me last night. I, I appreciated that. I enjoyed that because of the way they primed me right from the beginning. And again, that's going to mean more bully if the other matches follow by the rules. If you have if you have that Gargano Keith Lee match where the referee's not counting in the ring, they're outside the ring for three minutes battling it out. Then you know what? When you actually have a match where the referee's rules are thrown out the window, it doesn't mean as much because it seems like in these other matches the referee's rules don't matter anyway. In the Damian Priest versus Finn Balor match, Priest puts the, the bottom piece of the ring steps on the floor and makes it look like he's basically going to impale Finn Balor onto the steps. Going to throw Finn Balor, what was he going to give him, like the razor's edge? Yes. Yep. Or, or something like that. He was going to give him a huge move over the top rope to the floor onto the steel steps, right? And then yep. Finn Balor figures out a way to reverse it. Boom. Nails Damian Priest, and Priest takes the bump on the stairs. Why does the referee care about Damian Priest right there? It was Priest who wanted to inflict pain on Balor. Priest is now outside the ring. Count. That's your job. Your job is to count. I've always had a problem with this because I think it is lazy psychology when wrestlers just prostitute the referee things will mean more if you keep credibility on the ref there's i once again dave because i don't want to come across like that guy who's like oh you see he doesn't want these wrestlers to do what they want to do no i came from the place who did everything we wanted to do i'm saying go out there do every single move you want do whatever you want as long as it makes sense, as long as the psychology is right, and as long as you are adhering to the rules and keeping the credibility on the ref. And there are a million and one ways to get around it where everybody looks good. Soccer is a passion that goes beyond the sport. And Sirius XMFC's podcast, More Than a Game, brings that passion to you. And you in each episode, FC's panel of experts take a deep dive into club histories, iconic grounds, bitter rivalries, and so much more. There's nothing like a Derby Day in Manchester. New episodes are available weekly by downloading the Pandora app and searching more than a game. 
and let's get right into it. In your house last night, the main event, Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, and your NXT Women's Champion, Charlotte Flair, and Bully, we have a new champion, and her name is Io Shirai. I'm happy for Io Shirai. On a personal level, I'm really happy that Io won because of Io's relationship with Hanakamura. And unfortunately, two weeks ago, Hanakamura taking her own life due to cyberbullying. I was a big fan of Hana on a professional and personal level. Um, and Io and Hana were friends. And right before the match started, I went on social media. I'm like, I hope Io wins for Hana. So personally, very happy to see Io uh, win that match. I thought the three women, as those three athletes, those three performers, those three wrestlers were definitely going to do, was gave us a, a great performance. It was a, a really strong match. Really enjoyed it. To me, the right woman went over. I just don't think the right woman went over on the right woman. And, and Bully, I know we've had fun on this show about Charlotte Flair, and I do love Charlotte Flair, and I respect her, and I stand by what I said, but I texted you right away, and I was like, oh, I was like, what the fuck? Because, you know, there is no reason why Charlotte could not get pinned in that scenario, because, yes, Io Shirai won the match, but you know what? To really take her to that next level and really for her to get that shine, and that's what you want to do, right, Bully? I mean, if you're going to go the length of putting the championship title on Charlotte Flair, if you're going to go to the length to have her in that match, and if you're going to go to the length to not have her win that match last night, if you really want to put Io Shirai over to the moon, you have her pin Charlotte Flair in the middle of that ring last night. The only way last night's uh, finish makes sense to me is if they have a long-term booking idea. And if they don't have a long-term booking idea, once again, I'm about to give them a long-term booking idea. Last night's finish only makes sense if Charlotte goes back to the main roster and, like, let's say she has a championship match against Asuka this coming tonight, actually, right? Yes. So let's just say that that Charlotte was to defeat Asuka and become the Raw Women's Champion. And let's just say that Io was to make her way up to the main roster really soon to challenge Asuka, to challenge Charlotte. Now Charlotte says, yeah, you might have been the NXT Champion, but you never beat me. Now we have Charlotte versus Io one-on-one for a championship in which Io can finally beat Charlotte. Okay, then I'm on board with last night's finish, and it's a nice little story that started last night and will pay off with EO defeating Charlotte. Do I have confidence that they will do that? Absolutely not. What I saw last night was what a lot of people bitch, main complain, complain and scream at the top of their lungs about, the protection of Charlotte. There's no reason why Charlotte couldn't have gotten pinned. If, if we're going to have a three-way dance, unless there is a real reason why a talent needs to be protected, why couldn't EO catch the moonsault on Charlotte? Why couldn't she pin Charlotte? I know. I agree. <clears throat> I agree. Why, and Why couldn't she hit the moonsault on Rhea? Pop up, Charlotte, let's go with the figure four. Charlotte goes for a mafia kick. Boom. She gets rolled up by EO. One, two, three. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that EO had to knock Charlotte out with her finish or do anything. Let her hit the moonsault on Rhea and then catch a quick one on Charlotte. Boom. Now she has pinned the champion. Now I know EO was the best woman in the ring that night. End of story. Now there's an asterisk on that match. Agreed. And the asterisk is fine if there's a story coming up. And again, I don't think there is. I, I I think this week, Bully, you're going to see Charlotte either on Raw tonight or SmackDown on Friday night. Now, they, might, they may surprise us, and this might not be the end of the story, but really in my heart of hearts, I feel that it is. And if it is, if we see Charlotte on Raw tonight or SmackDown on Friday, I mean, my God, we have seen her on every show, but it's different now that she doesn't have that NXT Women's Championship. It makes me doubt, why did you bring her on NXT to begin with? with 
Why did you put her on NXT and make her the NXT Women's Champion if this is what the outcome was going to be? It would have made total sense to me because, all right, you bring Charlotte to NXT. She has that phenomenal match with Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania 36 that elevated Rhea Ripley. And then you have her on an NXT TakeOver lose to Io Shirai. Then I'm like, this is why you had Charlotte Flair go to NXT. But if she pops up on the main roster again and she's off of NXT, I got to scratch my head and say, why? Because what did she do? Rhea Ripley right now, she's actually digressed as far as perception because she got pinned. She was in the the figure four and she got pinned and then EO pinned Rhea Ripley. So they didn't get any shine off of Charlotte Flair. And this is where it makes my discussion and my argument really mute because Charlotte Flair to me is ultra talented. Charlotte Flair is a once in a generation type talent, but it's booking decisions like this that perception wise is going to hurt Charlotte Flair because I go to social media after I texted you bully and that's what everybody was talking about. They weren't talking about how great the match was. They weren't talking about how good everyone looked. All they were talking about is here we go again because they're protecting Charlotte Flair and she should have been the one that got pinned. It at the end of the day bully it hurt charlotte flair more than anyone else it definitely did not help and charlotte would have not have been hurt for from getting pinned especially if they would have done it the right way there is a psychologically sound way to do that charlotte is teflon yes okay we all know charlotte's the best wrestler out there we get it okay not head and shoulders above sasha and oscar but the best out there last night a lot of people were complaining about Ciampa also losing the way he lost. There's no, Ciampa can lose all day long. The best baby faces in the world lose, lose, and then lose some more and get their ass kicked on the way. Ciampa losing last night did worlds of good for Cross, especially the way they did it, because Cross basically handed Ciampa his ass. Yep. That was right because it got Cross over. Last night, they could have gotten EO over even more if she would have beat Charlotte. Now there's a what if. Now there's a, actually, no, there's not a what if, there's a but. Io Shirai became the new NXT Women's Champion, but shouldn't beat Charlotte Flair. In a world where nobody remembers anything anymore unless they remind us, what's the big deal? Why couldn't she beat Charlotte last night? Hopefully, I'm giving them the benefit of doubt, there's a story down the road where Charlotte reminds EO, you never beat me. So maybe they're leaving it open-ended just in case they ever get to that story. Now, as long as they come back to last night, whether it's in three months or three years, as long as they come back to the story, I'm good with that. But I'm not sure they will. I think last night might have been a little bit more about typical Charlotte protection. And listen, it's the WWE's bat and their ball, and they will protect their talents how they feel they need to protect them. As a Charlotte Flair fan bully, it hurts me. I know that sounds crazy. How can you be hurt by that? Dave, you love Charlotte Flair. She didn't get pinned. She didn't lose. Yes, but it's the perception that's going to hurt her. Because when I look at all the tweets, when I made my comment that I did last week about Charlotte Flair, like everybody was saying that she's got the silver spoon in her mouth. They protect her and everything else. And there's a certain perception when it comes to Charlotte Flair. I can't can't argue with people now after what I saw last night. Now, you're right, Bully. They could make a story. I don't think they are, though. I really don't. And again, if Charlotte got pinned and you saw her you know, f- you know, know, go face-to-face with Asuka tonight on Monday Night Raw, you're going to forget what took place last night on In Your House. But when it comes to Io Shirai, you will never forget. When it comes to Io Shirai, they will remind you who she had to beat to become NXT champion. To me, it's a, not that it's no big deal. Rhea Ripley's a great town, but Rhea Ripley's not Charlotte Flair. Again, if you're going to build up Charlotte Flair and put her on NXT to begin with, again, why, why was she on NXT? If she stays on NXT, that's fine. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think you're going. I think you're going to see Charlotte Flair tonight. Which now I ask you the question: What's a better fit for Charlotte? 
Is it Monday? Because I think oh, I'm 99.9% sure you're going to see her back on the main roster and she's done with NXT. If that's the case, what's the best brand for Charlotte? Is it Raw with Asuka or is it SmackDown with Sasha and Bayley? The only thing that is left in my eyes for Charlotte to do with the rest of the women is a best of seven with either Asuka or Sasha. There needs to be that wrestlers, wrestlers match. Other than that, does does Charlotte winning another women's championship really matter to you? No. Now, it's time for Charlotte to step up to the next level. I think Charlotte in the men's division works. I want to see Charlotte challenge for a men's championship. We've been talking about this forever. In order for Charlotte to get better, she now has to work with better workers. And there are better workers in the men's division. She can learn. There are more seasoned veterans. And if China can beat Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship, and if Tessa Blanchard can win the Impact World Heavyweight Championship, I'll be damned if the best woman's wrestler on the planet, then, now, and forever, Charlotte Flair, can't win a men's championship. Well, I'm, I'm on the air constantly saying that she's the best women's wrestler. Like, if I had to rank, you know, the best wrestlers in the WWE, man or woman, Charlotte Flair is going to be near the top of that list, Bully. So, for me, she's top three. I mean, you, you can have that argument as far as wrestlers across the board. So if you're going to have that argument, yes. I mean, I, I, I would love to see a Charlotte Flair against a Seth Rollins or an AJ Styles or a Daniel Bryan. Why not? I think she can do it. And you just said it. You've been having this. We've had this discussion for years here on Busted Open. And now is the perfect time to do it because you're seeing it in other organizations. You brought up Tessa Blanchard with Impact Wrestling. Charlotte Flair is that once-in-a-generation type talent. I think she could be a WWE champion. And I think Matt, now more than any other time in the history of pro wrestling, I think it would be accepted. And um, the vocal minority will say that Impact beat them to the punch with Tessa Blanchard. It won't matter because the whole world will know that Charlotte Flair became a world heavyweight champion. It, it, it's not like WCW doing it first and then uh, and then WWF doing it or AEW doing it first and then WWE doing it. This will have been of Impact doing it first, which only a small amount of people really know about as compared to the scope of the world where world wrestling entertainment plays to. I want to see Charlotte move up. Let me ask you this. In your eyes as a Charlotte fan, you said Charlotte lost a little bit last night in your mind. If Charlotte goes on to Raw tonight and beats Oscar for the championship, are you pissed because of the force feed? Yeah, I think that's a bit of a force feed, yes. I do. I do. And I think it hurts her. That's why I think you're right. At this stage, it's time for something new for Charlotte Flair. And I love what you said about Tessa Blanchard because obviously there was a lot of criticism about Tessa Blanchard for things that have been said in the locker room. So there was a little bit, you know, there's a little bit of controversy the night before she won that championship from Sammy Callahan. Plus the fact for weeks we haven't even seen Tessa Blanchard on Impact Wrestling. And I know they're about to make an announcement about that championship title because Tessa has not been on TV. And unfortunately for Impact Wrestling, WWE is huge, and it would be on ESPN. It would be in the newspapers. It would be on daytime uh, talk shows if Charlotte Flair was to become the quote-unquote WWE champion. I totally agree, and I think that's the way to go with her. She is one of the best wrestlers in the company, period, and it is time now for Charlotte Verse one of the men for a major world championship. The wait is finally over. Basketball is back. 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 22 teams, the magical 22, are heading down to Orlando. They had to find a way to build this to come to an agreement. I think an amazing job by the NBA. For coast-to-coast coverage of the return of basketball, including expert analysis and play-by-play, tune to NBA Radio, Series 207, XM86, and listen at home with Amazon Alexa, Google Assistant, or however you stream in the house. The Great. 
the hilarious, the entertaining, the handsome Ron Funches. Ron, what's going on, man? Oh, it takes one to know one, Dave. Damn straight. <laughs> he's not talking about you, Dave. No, he's talking about me, bully. Uh, Ron, have you seen? Look at Dave's hair. He looks like Jerry Vale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's got a bounce to it. It's hey, it's, I'm just happy my hair still grows at my age. So you know what? This pandemic has done wonders on my hair. Yeah, I'm dreamers. To tell you the truth, dreamers got a bounce to it, but it's not his hair. Oh, that's a terrible thing to say. <laughs> Uh, listen, I just popped the comedian, so you just keep quiet. Helen. All right, I'll shut the fuck up. All right, Ron, I do. We do have you on because I know that soon we're going to get the debut of your new game show, nice one that you're hosting. I'm just wondering when that's going to happen. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it keeps getting pushed back. I don't know if you noticed, but the world is not a stable place right now. Uh, but at some point, hopefully in the next week or so, I will have a game show out called Nice One on the platform Quibi, uh, which is not doing well on its own. Uh, but <laughs> I got to... <laughs> <laughs> At least you're honest. But I don't see what that's got to do with me. <laughs> I got a great show. I got a good show. I've never hosted a show before. I've acted. I do a lot of stand-up. It's my first time hosting a game show. I fell in love with it. It's kind of spiritual successor to a little show I was on a lot called At Midnight. Has a lot of the same people come by, like Ricky uh, Lindholm, Chris Hardwick. And uh, it's basically a game show where I force people to look at the positive of bad situations. So I think it's timely and, and is needed. And uh, hopefully it'll come out soon. So if you just want to go get a free uh, two-week trial of Quibi, wait it out. And if it don't show up, go ahead and cancel. Because, I, I mean, you can watch... Reno 911, but other than that, that's pretty much all they got. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, what? I just came on because I wanted, re I'm a wrestling fan. I need wrestling fans. There's some comedians like, I, can, I know I can curse. Shitty Tom Segura, who's been talking trash about wrestling. So I came on, but like, hey, I'm a wrestling fan. I love wrestling, and I need them to support me and my game show to show Tom Segura that he sucks and that we can make money without him. That's right. And you know what? I'm glad that you're coming on to do that because wrestling has been a punchline and jokes for so long. It's low hanging fruit. And then when somebody like that, that doesn't understand the business or is not a fan of the business, doesn't understand the passion that wrestling ha fans have for pro wrestling, it really pisses me off, especially now in 2020. You expect a reaction or jokes like that 35, 40 years ago, not in 2020. I just don't think a guy built like a bowl of potato salad should be talking trash about any athletes. Built like a bowl of potato salad. Sir, do you mind if I steal that one? <laughs> oh, you going to use it for Tommy, I guess? <laughs> Ron, you know me too well. I think I'm going to tweet it to him right now. You're built like a bowl of potato salad. <laughs> it's Tommy's down bottom, but it's lumpy all over. <laughs> Tommy, Tommy's not built like that at all. Ron, I mean, how are you holding up with it? I mean, the last time we talked to you in studio in New York, things were great. And then, you know, here we are now talking to you on June 8th, and the world is a completely different place. How are you holding up? Uh, it's been a battle, you know, There, mostly the most negative part is that I, I've lost what is considered a large part of my purpose. Of course, I'm a father. I'm a soon to be a husband again. So I have multiple purposes, but I love doing stand up comedy. I love going on the road. I love a crowd. I love hugging people after shows and all that's gone. And so I, I miss that terribly. And, and I suffer some depression from it on occasion. Uh, but I also love all the positives that have been going on, all the changes I've been seeing, mm -hmm. all, all the people when since we don't have other things to focus on, we're forced to look at our problems. That's the same thing been going on with my relationship. Like I like my fiance more. We used to get in fights, but then I every three days I'd leave. So then we just forget the fight. But now we're forced to talk it out. And that, that's crazy. And I, I love it. And now it seems as a country, we're forced to talk it out. And I'm excited about that. Did you get to see TakeOver last night? 
I did. Yes, sir. Of course. I knew I was coming here. What did you think? <laughs> um, it was a good show. It's probably one of my top three favorite shows that in during this era. I try not to judge it as to previous when the crowd, because the crowd is such a big part, especially of takeover shows. So I knew that it wasn't going to be able to live up to those type of takeovers. I thought they all did a great job, worked their asses off. There's a couple of uh, matches I had issues with, but overall, that was a good show. Well, we've been talking a lot about the show and we've had a couple of issues with the with matches last night. What which match did you have an issue with and why? And I wonder if it's one of the ones that me and Dave talked about. Um, the biggest match I had an issue with was the backlot brawl. Okay. Why? Um, because uh, when it comes to cinematic matches, I'm I'm a fan of it. I think everything has its place in, in wrestling, comedy matches, all types of matches. But I think they that if you're going to do a cinematic match, it has to serve a purpose. Um, with The Undertaker, it serves a purpose. It goes to hide some of his physical shortcomings. It brings out his, his mysticism. With The Fiend, it serves a purpose. That character is built for that role. With Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole, it served no purpose. I saw nothing in that match that could not have happened in the regular ring that they could have just drove a car and hit each other with, you know, threw each other against the car on the ramp and no reason for it to be cinematic. And so to me, it took away from the match. At the end of it, I actually go, I go, I go, uh, I hope none of those bumps hurt. I hope none of that falling off that ladder hurt. I hope he never actually bled because if any of that hurt, it was pointless because to me, it looked like a set it looked like a tv show so none of it looked like it hurt to me so i hope it i hope to god none of it hurt because if it did they wasted it one of the things that me and dave talked about after taker versus aj styles at wrestlemania we obviously loved it no you liked it most of the wrestling world loved it my concern with is when when anything goes that well in the wrestling business they want to go back to it entirely too quickly. Mm. And I was like, man, I, I just hope they don't go back to it too quickly. Do you think last night was definitely the not, not the correct usage of that cinematic type style? Or 100%. were they the wrong guys for it? I just think it's wrong use, wrong guys. I think if you have guys that are going to do it, you, you again, it needs to fit the character or to hide a physical shortcoming. And when you have Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream, I just want to see them go at it because they're two of the best workers in the entire company. And so I want to see them go at it. And if you don't give me that, instead I get a cut to his face. I get a cut over here. And I think my, my least favorite part about it was the very end when they pulled out for that high shot. So then you can see everything. You can see how much of a close set it was. You could see how the, um, voiceovers must have been piped in because there's no way there's that many people there. It just made it all seem, and I think the worst word we can use when it comes to wrestling, it made it all seem fake. And I don't like that for those two gentlemen. Yeah. And, and Ron, we talked about this earlier and like, I didn't have a problem. I don't have a problem with cinematic matches, but you're right. Uh, it was my least favorite match of all the matches from last night, because first of all, it's a title match. And I think a title match should mean more. And when you have two great wrestlers, and I think we could say Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole are two great wrestlers. I'd rather than put on a clinic in the ring. This isn't Gargano and Champa. It's not like this long blood feud where you needed to have a match like that. I think it really did. I think it's a good example by you. I think it really did take away from two great talents that could have put on a show in the ring. It was on the wrong side of cheesy for two guys who who aren't cheesy by any means. I, I just, to me, I, I don't even, unless there's a character that needs it, I don't see why you would need a cinematic match in NXT in general. It's, to me, it's the more grounded product. It's the mm. more, um, like you, you talked before, the NWA type of product. And I think that you might want to leave the cinematic matches for Raw, SmackDown, big pay-per-views. Ron, uh, Dave and I was speaking earlier about uh, Dream and for some reason, over the past six to eight months, maybe even a year, in our opinion, it seemed like he's losing a little bit of steam. Do you feel the same way? Is there, you know, you're speaking very highly of him, and I agree, but it just seems like that little, that little intangible of caring about him, he's starting to lose a little bit in my eyes. What's your take on that? 
Yeah, I agree. I think his character is just starting to get muddled a bit. It's not as flamboyant. It's not as out there. Um, We're losing a bit of him bringing out, like, he used to bring out manservants, female servants, things like that. Things to kind of let you know this was a flamboyant, possibly bisexual character that is fun and living his whole life. And I think as they move to the bigger network, um, I think it scares them to embrace that. I think we see that in a lot of things where um, someone like like uh, I forget the uh, the gentleman's name, but we got uh, the new wrestler that got hired, and he's a out homosexual wrestler. And they kind of go bring it up. They go, "Oh, he's different. He he lives his own life. He's thinking, but they never go. He's out. He's an out gay man because that's kind of scares them for whatever corporate reason. I think that I think that is one hundred percent it. That's interesting. Do you think that hurts him being moved to the main roster? Or do you think that the reason that they've kind of scaled back on that is because he's moving to the main roster? Uh, Personally, truthfully, I think it'll probably hurt him on the main roster because I think it'll either go more muddled or it'll go more like the Attitude Era gold dust ways where it's like extremely flamboyant, which would kind of be what I prefer. If you're going to ring the bell, ring the freaking bell. But... uh, I don't know if they'll be willing to do that just because of the amount you could just imagine the amount of blowback you could get, especially as a character who is black and flamboyant like that as well. Hey, I just want to go back to the the Tom Shakuri guy. You, you were talking about him. Is this a guy that you're friendly with? I know Tom Segura, yes. I, I've gone on his podcast after this happened to tell him to set him straight. I thought we were friends, but, you know, I have a hard time being friends with anyone tosses around words like that and talks trash about something that I love. So, you know, do I enjoy his comedy? Do I respect him? Yes. Will I get up in his ass? Absolutely. I love hearing that. I, we <laughs> yeah. need to book this match right now. Well, there needs to be ramifications, bully. There needs to be ramifications for your actions. Words are words. You know, they hurt people and they definitely hurt a fan base. And and by the way, I think history is shown on social media because this has happened before. When you poke fun at pro wrestling, there's going to be a backlash. Did he realize there was going to be a backlash from his comments? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. He did. <laughs> like, so I mean, he did that, really. is that why he is that why he did it? Because he was trying to like stir the pot a little bit to get some attention on himself. Yes, absolutely. And it Asshole. worked. He sold a whole bunch of t-shirts. A lot of people fell for it. Is one of the things that I think is a little bit funny as well because he took a lot of wrestling thing and then worked those people. So um in some ways I respect that, but in other ways, you know, just because of the the tactic that he used, you know, is, is to me that's like that's chicken shit, that's bullshit tactics to put people down like that over something they love, especially since his, you know, his fan base is dumber than shit so (laughs) (laughs) Ron I want to I want to get your opinion on another topic that me and David talking about because you are a very knowledgeable wrestling fan lately it seems that all companies AEW WWE seem to be getting away from rules regulations credibility on the ref is this something that you notice or something that you care about or should we not be looking uh, so deeply at it and just shut up and enjoy the product. It's a little bit of both. I think, um, and, and I think I look at it more because I listen to this show and I listen to you. And I think the last episode that I listened to, you mentioned it. And so then when I watched takeover, I noticed when, uh, I think someone took a bump to the outside and the ref came right out running outside and checking on them. And then, then went inside and started doing the count. Um, and I, I, ha- I don't have an issue with it as long as it's like it is for safety of, of wrestlers. I understand that. Um, I think it's a little bit overkill because it, it kind of takes away the drama of the match. People are supposed to be getting hurt. People are supposed to be, you know, in precarious situations. I'd love to see less of it. I do love seeing the rules. It is one of the, my few issues with AEW is that I think overall my favorite matches are always a competition. You can show off, you can do as many moves as you want, but if it loses the fact that you're supposed to be a competition, then then you lost your structure. To me, it's no different than a, a great sitcom 
that can have as many awesome jokes in a row as you want. But if you don't have characters in the story that I'm invested in, why am I watching just to hear jokes like that? I don't watch just to watch moves and I don't watch shows just to hear jokes. I like to get invested. Yeah, and I think structure is a big word. Bully brought up ECW where it was supposed to be the organization that didn't have that traditional pro wrestling structure. But NXT is the one show more than any other that we can rely on having that old school mentality and that pro wrestling structure. If they get away from what they really thrive at, it's going to be hard for them to survive. And you mentioned AEW. We're kind of gotten used to AEW kind of bending the rules, though I wish they didn't. But NXT has always been that one show with that structure. No, absolutely. That's that's what I love about it. And, and yeah, I think sometimes you do just end up going like, well, I guess I just better enjoy it because it doesn't seem like they're going to change, especially with something like AEW. Though I am hopeful with, with FTR being there that that might be part of their gimmick of like, hey, follow these rules, make tags, things like that. Yeah. <laughs> Tag team wrestling. Um, but, you know. At the end of the day, I go, you know, it's not my product. It's not my thing. So I just kind of enjoy it or, or turn, you know, that's, that's my option. Ron, not quite sure where you stand on the whole pandemic thing, but if, <laughs> if <the> world... <laughs> he's a for it. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm what I mean is this, like if, if the world was to open tomorrow and you were able to go back to wrestling matches, would you go back tomorrow? Oh, I would. My fiance probably would be not happy with that. So I, I probably would be told not to. Um, but that we've, we have that conversation all the time because I, I have gigs on my schedule. Utah's back open. I'm supposed to go to Salt Lake City, do shows in July. And, and it's a constant conversation with my fiance about like, oh, what does this week look like? You know, how are things doing? Are you comfortable with me going? And, and if it was any other reason, I love staying home. But, man, again, I, I love comedy. I love wrestling. So I, I can't say that I won't be there, but I definitely will look into precaution. And I will definitely be wearing a mask. I'll tell you that. Well, how about like with meet and greets? Because you said that like a big part of your show is the meet and greets and, you know, shaking hands and giving hugs. Like, I think that's going to probably have to change as well. Oh, yeah, that's done. That. that <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna have to meet me from afar there's gonna be a stick that i can jab you with <laughs> tremendous that's how, and i want also I, I know it's been way late but i just want to jump in and izzy izzy is way wrong eo shirai is gonna be a great champion uh the queen's quest is finally fulfilled i love her from way back in stardom she's one of the best wrestlers working today she has the best entrance music going today it is not her fault that she has to yell and come out and, and do that they, that is what she's told to do probably similar to oscar and Kyrie saying because that's apparently all they know what to do with asian people but that's not her fall all right so so let me ask you this ron because this was a big topic last week i made the comments about charlotte flair i love charlotte flair i think she's a once in a lifetime like once in a life once in a generation type wrestler i think she's really head and shoulders above anybody else in the wwe but last night was the perfect opportunity for her to lose for her to get pinned and they seem to always want to protect Charlotte Flair. And I think it hurts the perception of Charlotte Flair. Do you agree? Um, I think it hurts it for like the super deep insiders for people like you and, and stuff. But I think it kind of goes head in hand. What you talk about? You said that she's head and shoulders above everybody else because she's presented head and shoulders above everybody else and those two go hand in hell they can't have her get pinned and have her be head and shoulders above everybody else um i noticed it when she walked into the ring eo came out wonderful Rhea came out wonderful charlotte came out spotlight was on her it was all about her even you can see the other two women in the ring uh, uh, they almost looked intimidated to be in the same ring with her and so it is what it is. She is extremely talented. She is an amazing wrestler and she is, she looks how she looks and she's presented as such. She is a star. And, and there are, I think what we get away from though, is that you can't have someone who looks like the best of all time 
unless there is an amazing amount of foes, amazing amount of talent around her for her to wrestle with. The reason why she looks so good, because there is a Sasha, there is a Bailey, there is a EO, there is a Rhea. There's all there's people we don't even we don't see Tony Storm. We don't see Piper Niven. And they're amazing wrestlers, too. The, the division is stacked and she's the best at it. So it, it just is what it is. We were talking about um I personally don't care to see Charlotte win another women's championship anytime soon because we know that she's the best and seeing her win championships, to me, it's become a little passe. We we talked about her possibly, uh, you know, putting her toe in the water in the men's division. I said earlier that if... Uh, if uh, China could beat Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship and if Tessa Blanchard become, can become the Impact World Heavyweight Champion, who better than Charlotte to do something in the men's division and hold men's gold in the WWE? Mm, I could see that. There's definitely certain titles that she could take. Um, I don't know necessarily that's the route that I, I would pick. I mean, I. I'm just thinking off the top of my head, and obviously I don't know, don't think they would go with it, but I'd like to maybe see her start going like, look, I've, I've done everything. I can do everything. And I'm going to show you that I could teach somebody else and show them everything. Like she, I'd like to see her have a protege. I'd like to see her maybe start her own real four horse women and be like, look, I'm the best. And I I chose the collection of women that I represent me and what I'm about. And I'm going to teach them to be the best because I'm going to make sure this division is, is the best, better than the men, better than anything going on. You're going to be talking about us. I'd like to see something in in that regard, because I think it gets kind of, um, it's difficult when, when she starts doing anyone, when you start getting the men matches, because there's matchups you have to avoid, you know? Are there any particular women that you would have in mind that would be part of that stable? Ooh, I mean, there's just the names that popped out. There's people, I guess they're gone now. I would have liked to see like Deanna Perrazzo. I, I just like the way that she works and her virtuoso style. It kind of reminds me of a, like a female Arn Anderson that she could do, uh, but she's gone. So I think maybe someone like a, she could bring in someone of these women from NXT UK or someone like a Tony Storm or a heavy like Piper Niven, I think. And I don't mean that with no disrespect. She's a big, beautiful woman who I love. And she knows I tried to get in them DMs in the past. Uh, but <laughs> slide right in good for you but but yeah one of those i I, a lot of a lot of lady wrestlers have received dms from me Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you you know ron i know that you listen to this show you're a big fan of the show and we appreciate your you know that you listen i i don't know what it is about the show that you like is it is it's bullies analysis is it my power rankings it is mark henry's personality (laughs) is it my power rankings it's tommy dreamer's knowledge is it my power rankings what do you like about busted open you know I love those power rankings. Damn right. always <laughs> yeah. But if I want to tell you the truth, because I know you was a setup, but I do I will take the opportunity to give a compliment if I can. I love this show because it's, it's the perfect mix of insider information without um, the pessimism, the like, everything sucks every wwe sucks everybody sucks usually coming from people who never spent a minute in the ring in their life and so i love getting true insider information from people who've done it who've been there and then the optimism that the love of pro wrestling that you guys show is the reason why i watch it It, to me it's 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 up there with pti with sports center it is it is required listening for for any wrestling fan I appreciate that. And I don't know if you heard, Ron, but I got banned from AEW. Uh, Cody banned me. Just from like AEW. Hulk Hogan? Well, I mean, for different <laughs> reasons, please. <laughs> you know, him and Linda Hogan are in a different, are living a different world. Um, Hulk, but I got banned. Linda because, and Dave, all banned from AEW. Yeah, yeah please. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I got to change that because I do not want to be in the same sentence with a Linda Hogan. Thank you very much. But he banned me because I prefer Police Academy over Star Wars. Now, I know you're somebody who appreciates the finer cinema. So let me ask you. First of all, I think that's completely just 
you know, you talk about bringing your own personal feelings and, you know, not doing what's best for business and banning somebody like the host and creator of Busted Open because I prefer Police Academy over Star Wars. I digress, though. But what you, what's your feelings on that, Ron? Cody's a sensitive man. You know, he, he gets his feelings hurt. Um, I have a new appreciation for Star Wars from my son. I was never a fan, I, but my son is the hugest fan. And so on, 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 the, um, on the 5th of May, of course, or we are fourth, I'm guessing, because force, that makes sense. Yes, yeah. uh, we watched a bunch of movies together. And then there's something about sitting there with him, watching him love it, made me start loving it. And, and I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan by any means, but there is definitely something there. There's a, a, a you know, almost a religion, if you will, around it. And I love anything that builds a world around it. That being said, Police Academy is a superior series. Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait is a legend and directed mm-hmm. my comedy special, Giggle Fit, that people can go purchase. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> And I hope they reboot it and they put me as a star. That's one of my dreams in life, being a Police Academy reboot. All right. So would you be Mahoney in the uh, Police Academy reboot? Yeah. Although I think right now, I think uh, interest is at an all-time low for a Police Academy reboot. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't even know if I'm allowed to laugh. But, but you know, that could do wonders. I mean, I, I, I don't know. You know, maybe we need to laugh, especially at this time. Uh, Ron, always a pleasure having you on, man. We could we could have you on for hours. I mean, you can are I, absolutely fantastic. Go ahead. Go, please. Can I ask one thing? Uh, just one thing I wanted to bring up I'll bring very quickly, if you don't mind. Um, something that I, I thought about that I just want to bring up now that we're talking, a lot of racial things are going on in the world. And, and obviously the wrestling world is a smaller part of that. But something that really touched me was when, when Shag Spar died. And how many people were affected by it and how many people in the wrestling industry had such glowing, wonderful things to say about him and how much of a hero he was and such a great family man he was. And I love that. And that made me so happy. And it also, and then turn, it made me very sad because I then wondered why I never got to meet that man. Why I never got to meet that character. Why did, when I saw Shad, why was he robbing other wrestlers? Why was he in a group called Crime Time that was synonymous with another group called Strike Force, which is synonymous with probably a third group that they were working on because that was just a gimmick that they were going to put on any couple of black people. I think it's a damn shame that you took someone like that. You have people like Biggie, you have other people who have all this potential in the world And sometimes they're cut short because of the color of the skin, because of the perception that they have. And a lot of reality is reflected in what we see. Representation is very, very important. And one of the things I see in wrestling is that we're only usually represented as thugs or as dancing, smiling people to dare not to threaten you. And I want to see more Ron Simmons. I want to see more black wrestlers who remind me of Ricky Steamboat, Ric Flair, things like that, who didn't, weren't just playing a, a stereotype. I think it's a damn shame that I didn't get to meet the real Shaggis Bard. And I spent most of my teenage years hating him because he represented a stereotype that I hated. And I don't think that I should have had to gone through that. Well, I mean, Ron, you said it earlier in this interview that, you know, with this pandemic, it's 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 people are going to have to start facing things and and people can't put a blind eye to certain things. I think everything with Black Lives Matter, it's not just a hashtag. It's, it's something that is a wake up call for this nation, for this world. And if there's anything positive to come out of the things that we've seen over the last few weeks is that maybe just maybe we're we're stepping towards a, a world and our nation that aren't going to are are it's going to change hopefully can change and 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 acceptance and 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 no more like you know having a blind or 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 maybe you know what 20 years from now 25 years from now our children are going to look back at Chad Gaspard and say why question just like you why 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 was that the only role he could play in the world of the WWE and maybe we're we're getting closer to that period in time I just hope so David I just I just want people to look at it because 
that's the, that's actually the only joy I get from it is that now people are looking at it because I've brought this up in the past. I've brought it up to people who work as WWE producers and they told me to my face, oh, you're being ridiculous. There's no racism in, in wrestling. There's no racism in WWE. And I was like, oh, we can't even have a conversation because you're disregarding my feelings and you're disregarding my truth because you don't want to see it. And hopefully I- that we don't see that anymore. Ron, how do you feel about a tag team like the Street Profits? Um, it kind of it, it's rise in the middle for me because I think they play it well. I think some of it is a mix of their. I think it seems like that's kind of how authentically they are, and I think it gets kind of pushed up to, and it kind of works with Vince McMahon's wheelhouse. However, again, I it. I just hope it is their beginning and not their whole career. Because when I see Angelo Dawkins, he reminds me of a young D'Lo Brown. And it seems like he could do so many great things in the ring. And when I see Montez Ford and I, I know who his wife is and I go, that's money all day. That man looks like a Shawn Michaels to me. And so to me, that's what I want to see is him have the opportunity to become like a Shawn Michaels and not have to hold a plastic cup and come up with a catchphrase and dance his whole career. If he wants to dance in his 20s, I get it. People like to do that. But as you get older, that's my only issue with the New Day. They, they have never progressed past what they are. They are just an entertaining group to throw pancakes. And those are three of the most entertaining, hardworking, best wrestlers going. And you can't tell me that if Big E was a different color, um, he wouldn't be draped in gold because he looks like a million bucks. He has that. Biggie White is Otis. So, and Otis already got money in the bank. So I don't, it, to me, there's just these things that you see and you go, there's no r- reason why they aren't pushed other than we know the reason why they aren't pushed. Or, or maybe even like a Bobby Lashley. Bully and I talked about when Bobby Lashley made his debut that, hey, we see him in a main event with Brock Lesnar based on the backgrounds, the MMA and stuff like that. I mean, you look at a Bobby Lashley and you kind of scratch your head and say, why the corny storylines as opposed to being in a main event match at WrestleMania going up against Brock Lesnar for a championship? Yeah, not only why the corny, I mean, if we're going to get into it, I'll get into it because it's not only a corny storyline, it's a storyline steeped in racist history of of the white woman falling for the black man and falling on this mysticism and she can't get away from the BBD. Like, it's a whole thing. And, and we have that same thing. One of my biggest issues in, in, in all of wrestling is I love Ron Killen's but one people love our truth and they love that character, rightfully so. He is amazing. But people refuse to recognize that is a character that comes from minstrel show history. That is a character that comes from step and fetch. That is a character that comes from a black man lowering himself to look like he doesn't know what day it is, that he doesn't know what event he's at. And you can play it like, oh, maybe he's had a lot of concussions and you can do whatever you want with that. I know the history of that character. That is a racist minstrel show character that he does a great job with. And it's probably one of the reasons why he's one of the longest rungan employees there, because he knows what they want to see from him. I can tell you firsthand that Vince absolutely loves truth. Loves him. Oh, I could, I could imagine he does. Wow, Ron, uh, I appreciate the time. I, I, I love the eye-opening dialogue as well. And, and again, you know, we did shows on it last week, and I just hope that our country and our nation and our world is headed in, a, in the right direction. I think this has opened up a lot of eyes. At least I hope so. And, and I, I hope people are learning from this. And, and Ron, I love coming on because, you know what, you're a fantastic guest. Uh, you're, you're hilarious, but at the same time, you make a lot of our listeners stink, and you definitely did that today. And, and even though they probably need a little help, and they probably need somebody that understands marketing. Quibi, uh, I'm, 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 
you know, like, you know, they probably need a, a stronger, a stronger schedule of shows and they need somebody that knows how to, they need somebody that knows how to market. And, and then when you promote a show to start at a certain date, you probably want to follow through on that. But other than that, I, I hope you have a strong relationship with Quibi moving forward. And I can't wait to finally see maybe sometime in 2026. Nice one. <laughs> debut in the meantime i have a podcast called getting better uh, it's one of my favorite things that i do i talk to a lot of my favorite people about where they are and how they got there and where they're trying to go um it's a lot of comedians a lot of actors but we've also had stone cold steve austin on we've also had um ethan page on and tamatanga is coming up so i talk to people from all different backgrounds because i think anyone that achieves their dream in any background is an amazing person and i want to learn from them i'm also on a little show called harley quinn um where i play king shark you can see that on sci-fi or the dc universe and please i'm just begging you i love hosting it's not even a pitch um it's probably not doing well get that two-week quibby free trial and then <laughs> dip out don't overdraw your account for me i'm not trying to do that i'm just i'm i just need your help because i want to host more shows so if you see it come out watch it (laughs) let's hope it debuts before they go under uh ron (laughs) (laughs) also you know bully and i have great stories too he'd probably be good guest on your podcast but i digress ron funches thank you so much for the time as always we really appreciate it oh always a pleasure talking to you both Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.